Welcome to the Playbook for Amazon podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lieber, and the goal of this podcast is to share what's working today that's helping my company, Turnkey Product Management, sell over eight figures per year on Amazon for our clients. We will share with you the actionable steps, systems, and playbook that you can plug into your business to boost your sales on Amazon. Let's go. Hey guys, today we have a very special episode. First, I got to interview Andrew Erickson. He is a top Amazon seller and we got to learn a lot of really great tips from him. And also him and I talked a lot about the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 and how it's affecting Amazon businesses and what you can do about it. So it, it was really actionable and this is really timely. We recorded this on March 23rd. So this is, you know, we're gonna put this out as fast as we can. So you know, we talked about the shipping changes that Amazon's making, the inventory changes, and the things that you need to do. So make sure to skip ahead, to, or make sure you skip ahead or listen to the full episode to, to that particular section because it's super critical. Um, and then also some of the additional tips that we're posting updates every day into, we put onto uh, a free report that we put together called How to Survive and Thrive During the Coronavirus Pandemic. And we put that free report on our website. If you go to turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash resource, it should be the number one resource listed there. You can also go to turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash corona, and it should be there as well. Um, so anyways, those are what we talked about uh, there, but I also got to pick Andrew's brain on a lot of topics. So he's a really cool, interesting guy. He's traveled the world. He talks about how to travel the world for a whole year and avoid paying income tax. <laughs> this is not investment advice. Make sure you consult your tax advisor. But he's got some cool stories there um, and how he built his virtual business. Uh, we talked about how to set goals. We talked about how to hire. And he had some really, really cool hiring ideas to, to hire virtual assistants. So we got into a lot of really, really great stuff. And I thank him for coming on the episode. And uh, yeah, let's dive right in. Thanks. Hey guys, Jeff here, and we have a very special guest today. I'm going to interview Andrew Erickson, and he is a friend of mine and a very, very expert, experienced seller on Amazon, and we're going to talk about uh, a lot of great stuff They We're going to get into the coronavirus and what you need to know and what you can do about it, um, and we're getting some really, really great topics with him. But Andrew, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You know, it was fun. We met each other at a meetup group here in San Diego, California. And uh, I was like, I have a podcast. And Jeff was like, I have a podcast too. And I was like, oh, we should totally be hosts on our own podcast with each other. Exactly. No, it's a small world out there, you know? So, um, but yeah, so, you know, I wanted to start first, just get people caught up about sort of your origin story and how you got started. Sure, yeah. Um, so I, origin story is kind of fun, right? So I did start five years ago, 2015. So I think, uh, I think you're one year senior to me, right, Jeff? Uh, yeah, 2014 or so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you're, you're like, uh, you're like a senior, senior citizen in this space now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I started five years ago and I actually handmade my first items and I sold them on Etsy. Uh, the, that's the handcrafted website. And uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. I, I saw this product. I'm actually still selling the product today. So it, I, I, you know, don't usually share products, right? But like I saw the product um, and I thought, you know, I could totally, I saw it on a website somewhere and I wanted to buy it for my roommate. And I thought, you know, I can totally make that thing. I don't want to have to spend 50 bucks to buy this thing. 
And so uh, I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'll buy it whenever I'm busy. And I went onto that website and they said, yeah, 50, 60 bucks for this product. But it's like a month back ordered right now. I thought a month, a month back ordered. Jeez, I can totally make this myself in less time for less money. So I did. <laughs> and I ended up kind of, you know, making it myself, gave it to our, gave it to my roommate. He loved it. And I thought, let me just throw this thing up on Etsy and see what happens. I actually was working a nine to five back then. And I, on my lunch hour, I, I threw it up. It was just a wireframe, like just like kind of the CAD drawing thing. And at lunchtime, I posted it. At the end of the day, I got this email from Etsy saying that I owe them three or four bucks. And I thought, what? I was angry. I thought three or four dollars. Why do I, what? I thought Etsy was free. Like, why are they charging me four dollars to make a listing? I was so angry. And I, I was like, let me read this email again. And I'm going to call them. I'm like really upset right now. And I reread the email and it said, you owe us three dollar commission on the sale of your first product. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, my God. I made a sale. Oh, wow. It's got me super excited. And I just like dove in deep. And I thought, let me just make 20 more of these things. Let me just push it hard ended up hiring a whole bunch of people in San Diego to like make them for me. It was straight up garage work, like people sitting in the garage, pounding the stuff out, putting in boxes, a whole fiasco around like shipping labels and blah, blah, blah. It was really annoying. But like, I thought this is a good way to start this business. I can, we'll see where it goes. And I was working an engineering job at uh, like a big, you know, Fortune 100 company at the time. I thought like, well, whatever, let's just see if we can make something on the side here and do the straight up garage business. And that, you know, I ended up getting that product produced in China, then pivoted to a few more products. And then I went full time two, three years ago on the products. That was, that was the very beginning. Nice. Started in the garage. You're like the Steve Jobs of Etsy. <laughs> nice. That's awesome, man. So, uh, wow. Um, so that's a, that. Yeah, I have not heard that story before. You know, someone with that particular you know way into the business, but that is so cool that you had the drive to you know start with one and then see the opportunity and then actually you know see it through and look at, look at you now. So um, cool. I'd like yeah, to dive was, more it was into tough. that. You know, it was tough because um, I luckily my wife is very um, supportive and she she knew I wanted to do something like this and she was very like help you know she she wasn't she, she definitely helped package boxes and stuff but she was like i will help for a few hours but i do i am not working for you full time <laughs> because i also have a job but she allowed me to she like supported me it, like emotionally supported me through the whole thing and then um i ended up having thanksgiving dinner with her parents on thanksgiving but the rest of Thanksgiving break, I worked the entire time, 12, 15 hours a day just to get through that Christmas rush. And because we were making the stuff ourselves, right? And so I, I want to give a big shout out to my wife for, for helping me or allow, you know, supporting me uh, like emotionally and everything during that time. Smart man. You could give the shout out to the wife. I'll shout out to my <laughs> wife as well, even though, just, just in case I get in trouble for not doing that. There you go. Cool. So, so now most of your sales are on Amazon. Is that right? You're, you're not focused on Etsy. Oh, yeah. 90 six ninety seven percent of our sales of our revenue comes from amazon that's awesome cool so let's talk about the coronavirus covid19 and, and let's jump into that i think that's what people at least could you know hopefully learn from right now because it's a tough time so today as of this recording it's march 23rd 2020 and it's obviously a very very you know uh, different scary time right now and so first just want to say 
you know, do everything that you guys can to stay safe and, and follow the protocols that are being given because, you know, that's going to be the, the best way for us to all help each other uh, to survive this thing and get through it um, and also to minimize the business damage, too, that might happen. Um, but some of you might be able to come out on the other side much stronger. And so we want to talk about that. So what are you seeing with the coronavirus and how it's affecting, you know, physical product sellers and brands, especially on Amazon? What can they do to uh, you know, mitigate this. Yeah. So it is scary right now. And it, uh, I gotta say, I'm usually pretty like upbeat chipper guy about things. And I am feeling a bit of anxiety about this issue, not so much about the virus itself. Um, but actually like what it's doing to our economy It is scary. so I just, I do want to acknowledge that there, there is a legitimate fear component. And if you feel that that is completely valid, right? Um, however, do be mindful that a lot of this stuff is kind of short term, and this is something that's going to affect us the next month, three months, six months, but it's not going to affect us the next year, three years, six years. So let's also put it in perspective. These are things that might be affecting you this week, but by next year, this is all going to be a distant memory, and we're going to be kind of like... Oh my God, <laughs> remember back in 2020, we had to shut in and like that crazy thing happened. So let's just be mindful that, that this is sort of just short term, right? And I, I will say too, that uh, if you are an Amazon seller, you're in a really good position right now to do well during this. People aren't wanting to go to big box stores. They're trying to do, you know, hashtag social distancing right now. And so it, actually a lot of people are seeing an increase in sales on Amazon. And so you actually, you know, if you do, if your primary source of income or, or your secondary source of income is Amazon, you're actually in a good place right now um, in terms of like today. Now, unfortunately, there are some logistics issues. Um, there are issues shipping stuff into Amazon right now. They have restrictions on, on like how much inventory you can drop or what categories can ship stuff in right now. So you have to be very mindful of that. And there's also um, might be some restrictions on what is being prime shipped. So some people right now are seeing that their prime shipping is supposed to be two day guarantee is now turning into like a four week guarantee. That's probably short term, but and it's also highly dependent on zip codes, but do be mindful that that can change your sales and change your conversions and all that stuff. So, so do watch out for that. Yeah, no, it's changing every single day. And uh, yeah, those are some really good tips. Anything else come to mind that people can be thinking about or, you know, applying to their business for the coronavirus? Yeah, so um, do follow the news. And so um, everything's kind of changing week by week. So make sure you stay on top of that. But I do have five tips (laughs) to handle coronavirus and what to do right now. So those five tips, the big thing, and this this is this is the virus, but also I'm talking about a recession um, that we're 99% going to see a recession. And um, I also want to define what a recession is. So my my dad's a econ professor, so he always like talks about recession and this and that and GDP growth and stuff like that. Um, a recession sounds really scary and it makes a lot of headlines and it sounds like the world's imploding but a recession just means negative buying growth two quarters in a row so if the if if everything's flat if you're just a tick below flat for for two quarters in a row that's considered a recession 
So if you know, and we're, when we see recessions, we're talking, so GDP is like a, it's like a gross domestic product. It's like all the stuff you buy and sell each day, right? That's GDP. If that goes down to six months in a row, that's a recession, but we're talking, we're not talking like a 50%, an 80% reduction. We're talking like half a percent, 2% reduction in buying and spending, right? So like to put a perspective, the headlines feel, make it feel really scary, but if you understand what the terms actually mean, it's actually a lot less scary. People are still going about their day, still doing the things they're doing. And so um, if we do see a recession, that's my preface to see uh, before I talk about what to do in a recession. So what to do in a recession, a big thing is to reduce overhead. Overhead's like the spending you have to do each month. So for example, software, maybe, uh, maybe an extra promotion that you're doing right now, an extra whatever thing that isn't really necessary for the core of your business, that's your overhead. You want to reduce some of that. The big thing for me that we started doing is just, just start cut all these monthly services. I sign up for like a thousand of these monthly services and we, we spend over like $800 a month on these like little $20 or $40 services. We're doing fine, but just in these times, it is good to reduce your overhead. That's the first thing, reduce overhead. The next thing is to look out for the stimulus package. So the stimulus package right now is being discussed by the uh, um, by Congress. They have not decided yet. Uh, they were supposed to vote on it, I think literally an hour ago. So maybe it is decided. So don't go check the news. Uh, but what they are, so it's not, it's not 100% finalized, but what they are talking about is dropping one to two trillion dollars, trillion with a T. Um, not a billion, not a million, a trillion. And that's going to go mostly to help small businesses, unemployed people, as healthcare workers, unemployed people, and small businesses are kind of the main focus of that stimulus package. And one thing they're going to do that you as an Amazon seller or a small business owner can do is to uh, go apply for loans. The loans are going to be insanely cheap. You need a few months of, of uh, money to get through the next few months in case you do see a drop in sales. You can get these loans and they're, they're almost free, like insanely free. So uh, just be mindful that that is coming. Uh, it also looks like we might just get a thousand bucks. Every adult in America might just get handed a check for a thousand bucks and just say, go blow it somewhere. So like that hopefully will help a little bit. Um, so that's the stimulus package. Um, the next thing I will say is, uh, well, I'll ask you, Jeff, like, have you kept up on the stimulus package stuff? Yeah, uh, trying to, for sure. And uh, definitely trying to pay attention to what, um, you know, loans or lines of credit or these things that might be able to be applied for. Um, we're researching it right now, but I have not actively applied to any of them yet because it seems to be changing every day. But Yep. Already today, we're seeing the lowest interest rate. Uh, they call they call it the prime rate. That's just uh, basically all the loans out there are kind of like the prime plus something plus the the basically the the profit <laughs> of the person who's giving you the the loan. The prime rate has been reduced already, and so you you will today for sure, whether the stimulus package happens or not, the prime rate has been reduced. So you will see a reduction in your, co in your interest costs for loans. So that, that's already guaranteed. The next thing I have is just go learn stuff. If you do have a little bit of free time, if you are stuck at home, whether you're being paid or not, 
doesn't really matter. If you do have free time, this is a good time to just start learning. Listen to the news for maybe like 15 minutes a day and then turn that shit off and start learning basic fundamental stuff. I'm talking about marketing, uh, graphic design, branding, uh, maybe accounting, whatever. It's kind of like basic stuff, basic core stuff. Just use that time. If you have extra time, use that time to, to learn and better yourself. I have two, two more things. Okay. And these are, the, these are the good ones that are optimistic. Two more actionable things to do. So some people are predicting a sharp recovery. If the economy does go down, uh, I will tell you to go Google the S&P 500. That's like the, the stock, basically the U.S. stock market. And you can see it's dropped quite a bit. Unfortunately, it's a little scary. But many people are predicting what they call a V-shaped recession or V-shaped recovery. And V, because I'm, I'm for the audio listeners, I'm holding my fingers up into a, a peace sign, a V-shape. And what we're going to see is a sharp decline due to uh, restrictions and you know all the restrictions are putting in place a sharp decline and once that decline once once those restrictions are lifted people will have what they call pent up demand which means that people are just saving their money waiting to spend it later and once that pent up demand comes back you'll see a sharp recovery in the the market that's a v-shape so like quickly down quickly up if that's true position yourself to be in a good spot to to do really well four six eight months from now that's probably when we'll see the recovery happen that's when the virus will be completely done and basically things will get back to normal and people will start spending not even normal but like even better than normal here's a perfect example i was supposed to go to a wedding this weekend i was going to drop you know whatever two three thousand dollars for us to fly out there and the food and the the clothing and all the stuff you got to do and the hotels and everything and all that stuff but instead, I just sat at home and we ended up, the only extra we did this weekend is we, we ordered takeout. We didn't go to the bars. We didn't do anything else. The only like extra consumption I did was like a $40 takeout dinner instead of a you know $10 grocery store dinner. But that wedding didn't happen in March. That wedding is moving to October. And, we're, and then in October, we're going to spend that money on airfare, hotels, food, clothing, all that other stuff. So that's, that's an example of pent-up demand. We'll probably see that in a few months. My last thing is stay the course. Just stay the course. Don't get freaked out in the next week or two or the next month or two. Do things that put you in a better spot six months, a year, three years, a decade from now. Don't do things, don't necessarily react very quick. You should be agile. So you should be able to react weekly. You know, if your inventory gets restricted, you got to figure that out, right, this week. But just be mindful that you still are building systems and building businesses that put you in a better place, better place a year and a decade from now. So just stay the course. Nice. That, that's really, really helpful. Those are really great things to talk about and think about and uh, appreciate that. And uh, obviously, neither of us are, <laughs> disclaimer, not in, in, this is not investing advice or whatever, but it's just good things to think about and make sure that you you know make your own decisions for what you need to do financially, because this might be one of the best buying opportunities and investment opportunities that we'll ever have in our lifetime if we can you know, play it the right, the right way and, and be smart and long-term about it. So... Um, so yeah, that's really, really helpful. And 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about with the coronavirus, how is it affecting Amazon sellers right now and what can they do specifically to, um, to mitigate the damage and to actually you know, succeed from this and really thrive through this coronavirus? So be mindful of your overhead, be mindful of that different stuff. So try to be nice and lean right now. So people who are lean uh, are the ones who's, who do well in times of, in times of uh, uh, adversity, I guess we'll call this. Um, just be really, really mindful of your inventory. Know that there are inventory restrictions right now and that you might have FBA issues. If you're actually getting your Amazon's fulfilling your orders, you might have a four week delivery time instead of a two day delivery time. So if you do have the option to use a 3PL, a 3PL is like a, like a basically a third, a third party warehouse is a 3PL. Um, if they can fulfill orders for you, try to get that set up, but be mindful that I'm sure they're seeing a huge crunch on them too. So be mindful that they, that that might be a situation that changes very quickly for you as well. Um, also keep an eye on your inventory in the sense that you want to if you're selling extra so a lot of people are seeing actually increased sales because people are just stuck at home and nothing else to do but to shop on amazon i'm not going to buy my thing at ikea or target i'm going to buy it on amazon so i don't have to touch anything right don't have to leave my house and so if you are seeing increase in sales make sure you would either reduce your ppc or slightly increase your price just to just to mitigate that that uh, inventory constraint and then also peek at your competition's inventory levels. There's this thing called the 999 trick. 999, that's, you Google it, you'll see it. The 999 trick, you can see how much inventory your competition has. And if they're getting really low, you know that your stuff is about to explode in a good way because they're, they might sell out very, very soon. So I think those are kind of like, so basically be mindful of your inventory. That's that's the main <laughs> the main takeaway for the next month. Really take really monitor sales and inventory. Yeah, those are really great actionable tips. So I agree with everything that you said. Um, and just to reiterate, like if you can still make an Amazon FBA shipment right now in your category, like go test it out, do a fake shipment right now just to see if it'll let you. If it if it does and you're able to stock, I would say stock up aggressively right now and get that shipment on the way to Amazon FBA. Um, that's that's one tip because it's just a matter of time. It could be possible that they might restrict further categories down the road, and so uh, restock if possible. But if they've already taken away your category and you can't make a shipment right now, try to line up as fast as possible what uh, Andrew was talking about, which is like a, a third-party warehouse that will continue to be able to fulfill orders, um, and you can keep taking orders on Amazon, but you have a third-party warehouse fulfill it, not Amazon FBA. But make sure you, if you don't have that in place, make sure to really, you know, contact a few different providers, warehouses, and really like vet them and ask what their operations are. Can they handle the volume? Because I'm sure they're overloaded right now as well. And ask like, what's their plan to, you know, stay in business, or what's their plan to stay operational during this time? Because they, you know, they might be uh, possibly closing down in, in a few weeks or just having to to pause and not have workers in there. So you want to make sure you you're talking to a legit operation that has a plan to continue being operational through the whole thing and then the third thing is just like stay up to date every single day amazon seems to be changing some policy or update that you have to stay up to date on and you might have to you know as andrew said be agile in this time and adjust and adapt um and 
Yeah, so what we're doing is we put together a lot of the stuff that Andrew's talked about, plus a few other updates that I won't cover here, but we put it into a report, a free report called uh, How to Survive and Thrive During the Coronavirus Pandemic. And we have that on our website at turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash resource. It'll be the first resource there. Um, and so make sure to check that out. And you know if that applies to your business, like, this is the time you gotta move quickly um to to stay afloat because like andrew said you can actually you know if your sell if your competitors go out of stock and you're able to you know do these things we're talking about and keep selling you might have the best sales period of your life right and, and really be in a strong position on the other side so um so yeah any any further thoughts on the coronavirus or one thing one of my one of my core values is uh, to always act with honesty and integrity what does integrity mean? It means to basically don't be a dick, right? <laughs> um, so uh, um, do be mindful that you should not be making money off the misery of others, but also be mindful that if you have a product, a good or a service, and in this case, we're mostly we're goods, right? If you have a good, uh, a product that is useful and people need right now, the beautiful thing with capitalism is that you that people independent people can provide these goods and services to help others. So don't be upset about making profit during this time. If you do need to increase your price a little bit so that you can you can, you can can uh, sort of uh, flatten out your sales curve, that's okay. You're not being immoral. If you're lying, cheating and stealing to make money. So if you're selling a supplement and you're just lying that it cures Corona, that is horrendous, do not do that. But if you are selling something like Sanitate, I don't know, whatever, uh, hand wipes or, or baby wipes or baby food or pet food or one, something else that's in high demand right now, it's okay to make a profit off of that as long as you do it with honesty and integrity. Yeah, I, I love that message. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about a more fun topic. <laughs> this, is stressing, this is stressing me out. Um, so I want to talk because one of the coolest things that I know about you is is your travel story, right? So yes. Can you catch us up on like all the cool stuff that you've gotten to do and how you did that? Yes, okay. This was a time before Corona. Does everyone remember a time? This was many weeks ago. <laughs> no one was talking about Corona. Um, yeah, so actually... Fun story. I like to tell people um, my origin story is kind of fun, making making stuff in my garage. But also, um, I was able to leverage this business and the the time, location, independence into a travel year. And so, what ended up happening is my wife is actually a public school teacher, and she teaches like uh, inner city kids, a so Title One, which means kind of like a poor, basically, and. And so it's a very demanding job and stuff. And she had a really hard year to, this is now two years ago. And so she was talking about potentially quitting or this or that. And I thought, you know, you're really good at teaching. You love it. You're well-trained. You have a master's degree. You know, like, I think this is something you should keep doing, but you definitely need to take a break. So can you take a sabbatical? Can you take this? Can you do something to kind of like take a, uh, take a, take a breath, Right. And so she thought, okay, yeah, I know there's some sort of sabbatical thing I can do. And so we started looking into it. And then we saw that you can, you can take a year off. If you're a tenured teacher, you can take a year off. They guarantee your job, but they don't, you don't get paid obviously during that year, but they like guarantee your same job, your same classroom, even you have to go back to your same classroom and just get to basically pause your career. Um, and so we're like, oh, oh, wow, we should totally 
travel for a while. And we thought, okay, how long should we travel? Of course, this conversation, this is, this conversation is taking place over two or three months, but we thought, okay, so here's what we should, here's what we should do. We live in San Diego. San Diego has a very nice like summer beach thing going on. Right. And so we thought, okay, let's, let's do the summer thing in San Diego. And then maybe in October, we'll, we'll set sail. We'll go somewhere cool, Eastern Europe or Asia or something. I don't know, somewhere, go somewhere cool. And then we can come back for the summer again and we'll travel for like eight months. And so we're like, okay, we start like planning our escape. We're like, hey, we're totally going to do it. You start, Allison, say my wife, Allison, you start, you start working on the sabbatical. I'll start planning the sort of like the, like the logistics around like how we might do this. And I started researching. I found that, oh my God. Okay. If you, I just started Googling, like, how do you, tips and tricks on like how to travel for a long time. And there were a couple of articles that said, you know, if you have earned income, earned income is kind of like a W-2 income or, or like business income is earned income, not, not rental income, but like business income. If you're traveling and you travel for 330 days, 330, you don't have to pay income tax on the first quarter million dollars. And I was like, oh, what? Oh my God. Okay. All right. New plan. We're not doing the summer, summer thing. We're doing a full freaking year. We're going to go a full year. We're going to go tax free. We're going to, we're just going to, you know, do the full 130, they call it the third 330 day challenge. And so that's what we ended up doing. We ended up, uh, we ended up leasing our condo, giving the cats to my mom. We sold our cars. We gave all of our clothes away and we lived out of a, out of a, a carry on suitcase for 11, 12 months. And we ended up, we hit uh, 32 countries inside of 12 months. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That yeah, is absolutely incredible. What was the, your favorite country that you visited? Oh man. So, it, um, you know, I love Western Europe, um, but it's not like as exciting as the rest of the, as the, rest of the world. Uh, my favorite, our favorite place, like no doubt is Thailand. We spent a month in the north part of Thailand, which is kind of jungle area. Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, and Pai mm-hmm. are the names of the towns that we lived in for that month. Um, we also, so it's fun, the little story from from that is, uh, I took a scooter. There's, there's this town called Pai, P-A-I, if you want to look it up. It's kind of a fun little mountain town in Thailand. I've been there. I, I rented a bike oh. from Chiang Mai and rode up that windy mountain. Yeah! Just ran over a snake, and it was super sketchy, but <laughs> yeah. awesome town. Nice. That's what I was going to say. That was one of my favorite things I did on the whole trip was that was that trip, that bike ride, the uh, scooter ride from Chiang Mai to Pai. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, so, so how long were you out in Thailand? Uh, a month. Yeah, I went to China for. Um, I went to Europe for two weeks, and then China for two weeks to, for suppliers, and then Thailand for a month, and then nice. So I circumvented the globe in sixty days. But I didn't go to thirty-two countries. But uh, yeah. Wow. Abbreviated version, and I had to pay all nice. the all the income tax was paid. So uh, oh. not as, not as cool as yours. <laughs> nice that's awesome yeah you know it's also fun in that area we uh we we took did you did you hear about the slow boat in laos no i don't think so okay this is honestly one of my favorite things and this is something i would never have done if i didn't have kind of like that long time travel but you know the like if you're doing a two-week vacation don't do the slow boat (laughs) but if you're doing kind of like the more kind of lifestyle travel Hmm. there's a slow boat they call it a slow boat because it takes two days 
on this like long boat. You're just sitting on uh, the boat has about a hundred people on it, uh, and the chairs are actually van car seats. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like your mom's minivan, but there's just a uh, hundred seats of vans or for, like, I don't know, I'm not saying it right. Whatever the, the van car seats are, the whole boat is just that, right? So you set all these van car seats. It takes two days um, and you travel down the Mekong River from North Thailand down to the heart of the Laotian, Laos, um, mountain mountains and jungle and you go into the city called Luang Prabang and this little <laughs> tiny town of like a hundred thousand people and they have like eight hundred thousand people so it's yeah, it's a proper town city right they have like eight paved roads and the rest of the ro- roads are just dirt and they mostly just travel up and down the river for their transportation and so that was like one of my fa- favorite things just kind of like slowly floating through the jungle and there's like wild elephants and stuff that you can see along the way and all these like villagers come out to the boat because the boat shows up once uh like once or twice a week and it brings all the goods for them so you see all these kids running out and grabbing these big you know 40 pound bags of rice and, and being grabbing them and looking super excited and running off with the rice and stuff so it was fun that's awesome man yeah if you guys ever have a chance to do stuff like that you know it's easier to do it while you're young, but you can do it at any age, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, that's that's so awesome that you got to do that. So Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, next question I wanted to ask was um, we were talking about the traction method. And, um, and and that's from the book Traction, right? That's what you were talking yep. about? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've, I have not read that book, but I've been wanting to. So can you give us kind of how you've been able to apply that to help your business? Yeah, I, I loved this book series and uh, I'm, you know, we're, we're actively implementing it every day. And so uh, uh, this, this, it's a book series by Gino Wickman or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll find it. It's, it's a popular book. Traction is the, is the kind of the, the cornerstone of the series. There's a three book series starting with what the heck is EOS traction. And then rocket fuel is the third one in the series. And that book is about basically how to build a team and how to delegate and how to measure your results and how to set goals and achieve those goals. And so it, it um, I, my, my big, my big suggestion is just go read the book because I can't do it justice inside of like five minutes, but I will tell you like an example of what they do. Uh, a big thing that they make you do is set right down a 10 year vision. And for us, we actually did a three year vision because like 10 just seems so long, but <laughs> like uh, three years. So, so I suggest three to five year vision. Where do you see yourself? What do you, how do you see you impact in the world? How do you see yourself providing value to your customers? And where do you see yourself five years from now? This can be big, exciting, audacious goals. It does not, don't be, don't be too constricted by, you know, cash flow or time or whatever it is five years from now where do you see yourself vision 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 that's the thing that you're moving towards right so for example elon musk i think is one of our one of my favorite visionaries and his big thing is we are going to mars we're building a colony on mars and we will be doing that inside of my lifetime that is a vision and that pushes people forward what do you do week by week i don't know but our vision is to go to mars right so it starts with a vision from there, you create a plan. 
um, or see, let's see, it's tenure vision, a three-year picture. So very practical. So vision is kind of like the audacious thing, right? The three-year picture is how a little more practical. What, where am I going to be three years from now, right? And then you have a one-year plan. Here's here's real actionable, smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, time-bound goals that you do inside of a year. And then now we get down to the meat part. This is the part that that really um, uh, uh, focuses your energy, focuses your efforts and energy. And the meat part is the 90-day sprint. A lot of people have this 100-day goal, 90-day sprint, 12-week year. These are all kind of the same thing. You got that three-month block, right? And nice thing for Amazon sellers, working inside of quarters works really well because a lot of people have kind of like a Christmas quarter, right? Where, where we sell a lot during the fourth quarter time. And so quarters make a lot of sense. So we, we set all of our goals for quarters. We have five, five, six, seven goals per quarter. And we focus on those. And every week we review where are we along that goal to get there. And weekly, weekly again, weekly we're, we're meeting and talking about how are we getting, how are we doing our 90 day goals? So that, that, that's, that's a quick little, hopefully that wasn't too boring, but <laughs> that was a quick little like 10 minute primer on what the traction method is. No, I love it. I have it downloaded on my Audible and I just, you know, have it's on the top of my list, but you've now convinced me to read it. And, it's good, uh, man. Especially with you having an agency, I think it would be killer for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk about two more things. So the second is like ma- masterminds and, um, you know, connecting with people and, and benefits that. But um, since we're short on time, I know you have a great like hiring SOP, right? Like how to hire your first, second and third VAs. So if you can give, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes, but if you can just give sort of the, you know, the 30, 60 second overview of what's in it, that would be awesome. Sure. Yeah. So, so you can go ahead and uh, grab that link and I'll, uh, it's just a Google doc. It's not like a formal fancy pants website or anything. So, but it's, it's uh, I'll make sure that Jeff gets a link to it and put it in the show notes or wherever you're going to put it, or maybe, maybe you have a link below the video or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that is an SOP standard operating procedure. How uh, this is how we hire people. And uh, um, it's a very methodical, easy to replicate method of hiring. And th- this is primarily for, for um, Filipino based uh, virtual workers, right? So this, if you're hiring in person at an American wage, it's a little bit different, but this is, uh, this is for that kind of like three, five, $10 an hour person in the Philippines. And so what we do is we go to the couple different websites. So I use uh, onlinejobs.ph is what I've used. I've also used Upwork and FreeUp. They're all great. They all have their pros and cons. Um, And we write a listing, a job listing, so that we tell a person what we need, who we are, and who they are. Those are the three things we hit. And we make it a little exciting. Some people intentionally make their job listing suck so they get fewer people to apply. I think that's a really bad idea. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. Uh, we're okay with a lot of people applying, but we do do for our first filters. We say in the subject line, please put please put Rockstar VA, or I'm a I am the best editor, or I um uh you know monkeys you know monkeys are red something some keyword that you can kind of filter out so you know people aren't people who aren't reading the job description aren't reading that. So that's one thing. Gets rid of about half of them. 
And then uh, just just for, for the sake of of time, I'll mention that uh, the there's a few of things you can do to filter. You can install an SOP, but our favorite thing is the very end. We pick five or six people, and we tell them, "Hey, you've made it out of a hundred applicants. You have uh, uh, five. You're you're in the top five, and we would like you to spend two hours doing." what I call a VA challenge, virtual assistant challenge. And so this is practical, real stuff that I'm expecting them to do later. It's not real work in the sense I'm not actually making them work for free. Um, it's, it's, it's similar stuff to what they would be doing, for example. Uh, and so I always ask them, I always want to have uh, things that are objective and subjective, just so I can see if they can follow directions and think for themselves. A great example of one of our challenges. This is all in the SOP. So if you want to read more about this, it's all it's all well documented in there. Uh, the best thing to do for a um, or sorry, um, uh, go go scrape or go go look at Instagram and find influencers for us. Okay, so what I say is go on to Instagram, create a Google Sheet objective, find five to ten influencers objective in the whatever niche, ballet, it doesn't have to be your niche, ballet, health, whatever, doesn't matter. In this certain niche, okay, so now, uh, and, and I want you to write down their handle, their formal name, if they have it published. Um, also only pick like individual people, don't pick companies, and put their follower count. Okay, those are kind of like five objective things. So uh, Google Sheets, five to 10 follower, or five, five to 10 influencers, follower count, so on and so on. Now, subjectively, first I wanna see who do they pick, but also find three more metrics to write down. What do you think are three metrics that we would care about for influencers? Make a list for me. That would be one challenge. I expect that to take 15 to 30 minutes, maybe as much as an hour, I don't know. But we have five of those. And what we do is we measure people on how well they perform these tasks. And we want to see, can they follow directions and can they think for themselves? And we do this and we get really good employees that are very affordable. And I'm talking about $354 per hour in, uh, so like $600 a month full-time person who is the equivalent of like, um, you know, a high school grad in the US. So it, it's a really good way to find people to help you. Maybe if you read traction and you need some people to help you implement that system and that vision, this is a great way to hire those people and to find those people. Nice, that's genius, yeah. Yep. We do some similar stuff like that, but some of those examples you listed were really, really smart. So we may have to test that out. Um, cool, well, I think what would be fun to end on is is just the, you know, we were kind of talking before about how sometimes the journey of having your own business or selling physical products on Amazon and e-commerce can be a bit lonely sometimes, you know, you're going it alone. And so, um, talk, talk about, you know, what, what helps you to, to get through it and to, you know, get, get the social stuff into your life as well. Yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and books and stuff, and I, I listen to enough that I actually host my own podcast. That's the Amazon, Amazon conversations or for short, the Zon con podcast. So we'll make sure to get a link to that in your show notes as well. But we're on iTunes and Shopify, not Shopify, Spotify, <laughs> and all those other platforms. Um, so you can listen to you can listen to me. Um, but also, I'm part of a mastermind network, 
called Titan, Titan Network. And it's something that I was really missing the first couple of years while I was doing the business myself. I was just doing it in weekends and evenings and just trying to figure all the stuff out by talking to a bunch of random people on Facebook. And you never really know what people are doing or who, why they're saying certain information. And so um, I find it very difficult to find valid information. Once you get past that, you know, getting up to like $10,000 a month, there's a lot of really good information, $10,000 a month revenue, a lot of really good information on YouTube and Facebook and stuff. But once you're going to get past that, it's difficult, right? And so uh, um, I ended up going to a bunch of conferences and I love, love, love conferences to just meet people. Um, they do take a lot. They are very expensive and they take a long time in terms of like, you know, a five day commitment to go to a conference and it might be across the world. And so it, one thing I've also found is being part of a mastermind is just incredible to have that network of people both to learn from, but also to have that the group of people, you know, like having your crowd around you. And I did I, I am one of the leaders inside of the Titan Network. And so uh, if you're interested in something like that, you can go to titaninvite.com and uh, use my access code to, uh, to get an invite. You have, to, you have to be invited into the system. And so I am formally inviting you <laughs> if you'd like. And we'll make sure to get a, a link in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a great place. And again, I'm not, if you don't, if Titan is the right thing for you, don't do it, right? Like there's lots of places out there. You can find local meetups. I also have a local meetup in San Diego. That's where Jeff and I met. Um, so find local meetups, meetup.com is a great place for that. So just, just getting more people around you, more voices in your head that are telling you good things, good positive energy. <laughs> That's the important thing is to get that kind of stuff around you. Yep. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, sometimes you just, we, we get so into our work and our business and then, you know, whether I go to a conference or, you know, go to a mastermind or whatever it might be, like all those things can be like so rejuvenating and getting other people to like help you or look at your business from the outside. You'll often just think of things that you wouldn't have if you weren't in that room and that will help you grow a lot faster. So it's helped me as well. Um, and you know, whether it's an event or whatever. So I love what you guys, you know, the, the sound of that. And, uh, if you're listening, I hope that you, um, you know, go check that out. So cool. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. So where can people find you or follow you if uh, they'd like to get in touch? Um, so my podcast is uh, the Zon Con podcast, Z-O-N space C-O-N. You'll, you'll find it if you Google it or iTunes it or whatever. Um, so I, I publish there weekly and uh, um, yeah, you can add me on Facebook if you want. I generally accept almost everyone who adds me. So, uh, Andrew Erickson on Facebook, you'll probably see me somewhere. Um, also inside of Titan and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. It was fun chatting with you and, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully see each other soon in San Diego once the, uh, yeah. once, once we're allowed to go outside. Yeah. We'll have to do like a, a, a virtual local meetup or something soon. Yeah. That'd be fun, man. <laughs> hey Jeff, thanks so much for letting me come on your podcast. Of course, of course. Thank you guys for listening and catch you guys on the other side. Bye. All right, so a big thank you to Andrew Erickson for coming on the show. Uh, we learned a lot. I learned a lot personally from that episode, and I hope that you enjoyed you know, all the tips that he shared about the coronavirus and how you can apply that to your business. 
Um, and then we're also just a reminder, we're updating our free report called How to Survive and Thrive During the Coronavirus Pandemic. Uh, we're putting that on our website and we're keeping it up to date as we can every single day with all the changes that are happening. So make sure you check that out at turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash resource. It will be the number one um, resource listed there. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you to Andrew for coming on. I hope you got a lot out of that episode and uh, stay safe out there, stay healthy, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.